0: Welcome to Truly Fit. Welcome to the Truly Fit Podcast, where we interview experts in fitness and health to expand our wisdom and wealth. I am your host, Steve Washuda, co-founder of Truly Fit and author of Fitness Business 101. As a reminder, on Thursdays, it is just me talking about something that is trending in the fitness or health communities or a question that was written in by a listener or maybe a topic that I... Briefly touched on with a guest, but didn't get to elaborate on. On Mondays, they're the interview podcast. They're longer. I am not the star of the show. I try to make my guest the star of the show. Something to do with fitness or health or medical or marketing or business. Again, we talk about fitness, health, wisdom, wealth. That could be helping out personal trainers or other fitness and health professionals. Or that could be just helping out the general population understand a little bit more about themselves and their body and how to become a healthier, more well-rounded, better person from a physiological perspective or even from a psychological perspective. But today, I'm going to talk about a few things. Number one, speaking about you know mental health and uh, physical health coming together, I am taking my first break after 180 episodes of the podcast. I will not be putting out one next Monday. Uh, I am going on a trip, and I, uh, I just need a break, so... I have a few interviews, maybe four or five that are always in queue at any given time because I'm always ahead of uh recording podcasts and releasing podcasts but uh, you know I do a lot of the work as far as the editing and and things of that nature to review the podcast before they put them out because it is my baby and i uh, I love it so I don't want anyone else to to put their greasy hands on my baby and because of that I will not be designing any podcast for Monday so this will be it uh, you won't hear from me until next Thursday. I'm sure uh, I'm sure you'll you'll make it through. But uh, today, I want to talk about a few things. First, I want to go back to the last episode we had on Joe O. He is a doctor of physical therapy. He has a bunch of high-level certifications in fitness and health, but he's also now a YouTube marketing manager. He fell into it. And two things stuck out in that episode that I want to talk about briefly. And number one is that this is somebody who, again, is a, has his doctorate in physical therapy. He is a CrossFit coach. He has you know, a a bunch of high level sort of orthopedic personal trainer certifications. He could do a lot in the fitness and health realm and just do that. But he fell into YouTube marketing. He feels like he has a skill set in it because people keep telling him he does. The the groups that he met in said, hey, listen, we think what you do on YouTube is great. Can you teach us how you do this? So he started making little videos and now that's what he does and he enjoys doing it. And I think we need to take that into consciousness and understand that sometimes you're going to pivot in your career And when you do, it should not always be just the thing you love. It should be something that you're good at. And a lot of times we let compliments roll off our back and we don't hear those compliments. And it's weird. Sometimes it's odd to just take compliments. And we have to though. And you have to take note of those compliments, whether you're writing them down uh, physically on a piece of paper or whether you're just taking note uh, mentally and say, you know what? Someone told me six or seven or eight times that I'm really good at X, Y, and Z, or that they really love this. Maybe it is time for you to take those compliments seriously because essentially, that's a survey. You've done a survey. And not only is that a survey, but people came. Think about all the people who also agree with them, but just didn't come out and tell you that, that individual thing, right? Because that's more often than not, people are not going to confront you and just give you compliments. So if you're getting compliments, most likely other people also agree with those people. It's, it's really time to start thinking, how can I pivot and deviate slightly from my career or even add this to my career and use this skill set? and make money using this skill set. People generally like what they're good at, right? So you shouldn't you shouldn't absolutely hate it. If you do happen to absolutely hate something you're great at, I do understand why one would not want to do that as a career, but we really need to look at this whether you're in the fitness or health industry and someone tells you, "Hey, maybe it could be something more general like you're just you you're a really good listener. You listen so great whenever I tell you all my problems, this is what you do. It's like, okay, well, how, how do I use that to my advantage in my business model if, if everyone tells me I'm a really good listener? Or if someone says, hey, you put out the best quick videos. You give information so quickly and I always feel like it's useful for me. And you speak really well. Well, how do I how do I pivot and use that in my career, or even in a in a side career or a side gig? So let's let's not let compliments roll off our back. Use them to your advantage in your career. And the second thing that came up in the conversation with Joe and I that I thought was very important is something I just kind of touched on in that fake example is that it's so important that we give information on these social platforms now very quickly people want information quickly and what happens is you you see a lot of these like high level professionals who are just so awkward on social media they have really really good information to give but they start off every conversation as if they're like in a room um, surrounded by a group giving an icebreaker they're like hi my name is Bob Smith these are my certifications I have my doctorate in this I'm originally from Minnesota and I really like to. It's like, listen, Bob, everyone's already tuned out. That just, that does not work in social media. The second that video is on algorithmically and from a mindset perspective and from catching someone's attention perspective, you know, you, you got three or five seconds to catch, catch this person or they're out. Sometimes less. Some people say it's under two seconds. So, and you have to get to the point immediately. And Joe gave the analogy of, hey, if your toilet was flooding and you, know, you felt like your bathroom was about to be you know, filled with poop and corn, what do you want? You want to go on YouTube as fast as possible and then have somebody just give you information, not tell you, hey, I'm a licensed plumber for 12 years. The favorite, my favorite thing to do in plumbing is this. Uh, my daughter's name is, no, just get to the point. This is what you do. Quickly grab your plunger. Put it here. Make sure it's sticking here. Make sure you're perfectly vertical. Like give the information as if they were under a time constraint. And now if that's not your personality to talk fast like mine, that's still okay. There's still really good ways to present things and edit videos and cut things up without giving too much fluff information. There are videos long term when you want to build your, your status in social media where people want to get to know you. I get that. And there's long form ways like YouTube and like podcasts in which you can tell a little bit more about yourself. But ultimately if you're making these small 20 second videos or one minute videos that are supposed to be informational, people want that information upfront, they want it quickly. So you have to think about that when you're designing videos. And then when you're designing the long videos, it's quite the opposite. You have to figure out how to hold some of that best information until the very end, while simultaneously providing really good information throughout the whole video. So you wanna keep them somewhat captured, you're giving them good relevant information, but you have that one little closer, that one climax, that one thing they've been really waiting for until the very end. Again, I watch a lot of golf videos, so they do things like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna tell you the four best clubs that I hit in 2020. And if you really want to fast forward to the end, go for it. Otherwise, I'm going to go from number four down to number one. And typically people will stay and watch, right? Four, three, two, one, because it's all, it's all intriguing. They don't want to just see what, what the number one is at, at that point. They want to see the reasons why that person listed four, three, two, one. So keep those things in mind when you're making your videos, your longer form videos. We want to make sure we keep people intrigued to the end. But that doesn't mean that we're sacrificing the content in the beginning of the video. And when you're making those shorter videos, get to the point right away tell people exactly what they're looking for. If it's a question or if it's not a question, you're you're trying to come up with a, a thesis of sorts and prove something and, and talk about something, get to it quickly, and then even maybe say it outright and then unpack it and say, hey, now I'm going to tell you why I think this. And that's typically your best bet. So again, lastly here to go back to what I started with, you know, mental and psychological health, me taking a break for the week, there's nothing wrong. I'm just going on a golf trip and don't feel like designing things. And I think We all need to take a step back from social media here and there and and know that it's still going to be there when we get back. I spend maybe 15 minutes a day as far as my work is concerned that has to do with social media. Now, I spend time in other areas that are I would consider interests of mine, but they have really nothing to do with health and fitness. That's also something I really don't see anymore. People are so pigeonholed that they don't actually have a good perspective. Learning more about all of the other areas of life. And having a global perspective on things, being a little bit more cultured and well-rounded, it's going to ultimately make you better at your job and give you different insights and different lenses into which you can view your own ideologies. And having any really strong ideologies is not a good thing in health and fitness. I talk about that a lot. If we have sort of a tiered system, I'll say ideologies are at the top. I think you should have none. Then you have principles underneath that. I think you should have some principles. And then underneath that, you have ideas, and you should have them, but they're ever changing, and they're dy- so they're dynamic, and they could at any given time be totally different from ideas you've had in the past because they're dynamic. It doesn't mean you are wrong; it doesn't mean you were lying. It just means your mind has been changed up because there's new evidence and new information that has come about, right? There's a uh, my favorite one of my favorite authors, Christopher Richards, once said, "There's a you know, there's always a great uh, harvest of future knowledge on the horizon." So I don't want to take anything as an absolute fact, an absolute understanding yet, as far as ideologies are concerned, not individual facts, but facts put together as ideologies. I want to have principles and I want to have ideas that are dynamic, but I don't want to have ideologies. And we have to watch out for these people who have strong ideologies about whatever it is, keto or CrossFit or whatever those ideologies are in health and fitness, because they're tied personally, right? Their, their relationship with this is that it is a part of them so they're not going to look at counter evidence to them they're going to purposefully or i should say maybe purposefully but sometimes also subconsciously skip over evidence that is contrary to their beliefs because otherwise that would that would be a a, a ping into their own personal thought processes and who they are because they are tied to that. It's their ideology. It's part of who they are. My sister once said in a podcast, that she was on there with me, take, you know, take everything with a grain of salt for somebody who in their career model bases everything around one thought process, whether that is you have to eat carnivore or you don't have to ever diet at all, or you should only run, or you should only lift heavy weights. Anything that is only and everything whenever we f- hear those words of finality, we have to kind of run away from th- those people or at least take what they say from a, w- with a grain of salt because our ideas should be ever-changing based upon knowledge that comes. We can still have principles, whatever those principles are. So for me, it is if you work in health and fitness or medical, it has to always be a client-first approach. This can't be science first. I don't care if you're the best uh, physician, surgeon, using let's say the the Vinci robot and you have a 100% success rate in doing you know laparoscopic appendectomies that doesn't matter if you're terrible in the in the initial consult with the person who's going into the surgery and coming out of the surgery that number one that affects their healing and recovery process because they're in a state of heightened stress because you're an asshole. So let's, you know, these, these doctors who have quote unquote, you know, bad bedside manner, but it's okay because they're really good at using a robot. Throw that out the fucking door. Excuse my language, but that's not okay. And then, You know, the personal trainers who only care about, let's say these click funnels, I can get a zillion clients. We can get a zillion clients because the chances are you're losing clients and then you're gaining clients and then you're losing clients and you're gaining clients because you're only good at sales and marketing and lying up front. You're not actually good at getting people to your goals because if you get people to your goals, they're probably never going to want to leave you because they're going to have secondary and tertiary goals and they're always going to want to work with you and your book is going to be filled really quickly. And you're gonna have a waiting list and you're not gonna to have to worry about clients. So we have to be better at our jobs. And part of that is client relations, doing the right thing. If you don't know what it is, tell your client that be honest. I don't know how to I don't know how to do this. I'm gonna research it. So that's that's one of my Principles, but there's no really underlying ideology underneath that. And then the thought processes and the ideas that I have that go with that are ever changing, right? So they're changing from time to time. As I acquire new information, those ideas will change, which will in turn shape my principles sometimes. But I don't have an overarching ideology that pushes me one way or another. I'm always willing to pivot. With new information, provided I stick within my principles, which is client first, and this just is, is not semantic for those who think it is. The principles are not proven by science. Let's say, right? Principles of being uh, always nice to people, or having the proper morals, or being client first, or you know, being uh, worrying about uh, results before you get money, whatever your principles are, are not science based. They're just approaches. Ideologies are things that you think based upon some level of science. That's what I'm trying to say. So the reason that's a problem is because at any point that ideology can be turned upside down on its head. But because you have fused your personality with this ideology, you're going to take that information and you are just going to not look at it either consciously or subconsciously. Because if you spent the last 10 years of your life saying, Hey, the carnivore diet is the only way to eat properly in order to have, you know, uh, get rid of rheumatoid arthritis and become a healthier version of you. We found out like this is the evidence that I'm looking at. Then any evidence that's contradictory is going to ruin your career. And not only that, more importantly, ruin your self-worth because you've tied yourself to this particular ideology. So principles are not science based. Principles are much as a, as a higher level of this, although I put them below ideologies in a sense because people who have ideologies tie themselves to that. I don't tie myself to my principles. They're just what I, what I follow. And then those ideas, again, that are underneath those principles will help shape my principles from time to time. They're dynamic, and they can help move my principles a little bit or maybe add to my principles as those ideas change, because like I said, they're dynamic, I always have information coming in, but don't be tied to your ideologies or don't even have an ideology in the first place that's so science-based that it's going to ruin your career when contradictory evidence comes out or that you feel like it's tied to you as a person because you won't be able to see past that. It's going to be a mistake long-term. I am going to be uh, headed off on a plane here soon, off golfing for the week. If you have any questions, social at trulyfit.app. I won't look at them until Monday, anyhow. And I will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for joining us on the Truly Fit podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review on your listening platform. And feel free to email us. We'd love to hear from you. Social at trulyfit.app. Thanks again.